we're back. We're back. We're back. Just with, us two. Yeah, it's just us. We um, we talked to Shelby's agent. <laughs> oh yeah. We couldn't make it happen. We, right. We, her we, requirements were a little. We put some numbers together for her, but we <laughs> she has a family. Right. She has a right. baby to feed, mm. and a husband to care for. Right. He doesn't work. Well, isn't he like a nurse? Uh. Kind Sometimes in a weird depends. way. Yeah. That's, that's what's crazy about nurses. It, my sister is a nurse, and I feel like she works like two days a week. You know what, though? I feel like their job is so stressful. <laughs> you need that time to recover. Yeah, right. I'm not. I, I'm not saying that nurses aren't working. I, I just mean. It's, I like how you went after the whole healthcare profession. <laughs> no, <there. right>? no. <laughs> no, but they work like the seven to seven shifts, and it's like, yeah. Uh, oh my goodness, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, well. We're back. It's just Avery and Sorry. I. We're yeah. here. We're, we're on tangents today. It is a Monday for real. We've tried to do this intro, and last time I started talking about cures for blindness, blind like it just got just real weird. To. So we're on the podcast. <laughs> this week was kind of a standalone week. We're not in a series, um, but I guess we're still going to talk about what I talked about yesterday. Yeah, this week has been weird. Can I, can I be? Yeah. Okay. This week has been weird because I'm not going to lie. I thought that this was going to be kind of a crappy week. And sometimes when you teach on Sundays, you get done and you're like, boy, I just laid a turd <laughs> on the stage. Like there was, there was nothing good about what like I just that. said. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no. that wasn't good. What I just did wasn't good. And like meaning you felt like you went out there and like I felt yelled like, at people or oh, you, no. you didn't feel good about your no, talk. I'm not like Ben Derrick. No, uh, I, no. I like, <laughs> we love you, Ben. Uh, no, I just felt like I didn't communicate what I wanted to super well. Okay. But it is kind of funny how when that happens, that's typically when folks actually like get something out of it. And so like I've had so many people in the last day, it's been like 24 hours, mm -hmm. who have texted me and been like, hey, thanks for talking about change and, and, uh, and anxiety and things from the past because it was really good. That's what I needed to hear. And I'm like, boy, <laughs> you're welcome. Like, I guess, yeah. I guess that's the, uh, the Holy Spirit inside <laughs> you. Cause I didn't feel <laughs> good about spoke, it at all. It was him who spoke was, through me. Was, uh, something no, like I that. really liked it. I think the, the things that you spoke on, like are things that I have just started learning in my life over the past, maybe recent, like, two years and stuff and uh, so since we became friends yeah oh, okay yeah <laughs> i changed since avery's I'm life <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's a it. uh, it's a uh, i think it's just that it was authentic you mm -hmm. know i didn't i honestly didn't have a ton planned it's just kind of like hey here's where i'm having a hard time lately yeah know? i think it's it's a hard thing to hear especially like i mean people in the south we like our routines we like things to stay the same we like consistency and I think a lot of what you're getting at is that change is a good thing and it is necessary for growth and if change is not happening then you need to check yourself yeah change is one of those things that's like it's not fun but if if it's not evident in your life then you know that's also not fun because mm -hmm. it means you haven't grown at all um, I am, I am curious because this is one of those weeks that like, um, I, I don't know, we've been friends for a couple of years, so I know that you have a lot to talk about with this. The change is one thing and we've all experienced a lot of change in the last year or so. What did you think about the whole idea of the man with the gun and, and all of that? Like this, this part of ourselves that doesn't want us to 
progress. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know how that came across on stage because I love the idea of it, but it's kind of complicated. I I liked whenever you were talking about all that. Basically, you were um, the part that stuck out to me was just like the parts of us that keep us sick. I guess the that want us to stay in the um, I don't know, stay in the unnecessary pain yeah i guess is that what you meant with the with the guy with the gun yeah so like phil stutz he's the guy he wrote this book um he's actually written a few books on like the tools to to get that part of yourself kind of back out of the shell that's what he says and start to work on it you know Mm -hmm. um and so i just i think that's a really kind of beautiful way to put it because it is a part of ourselves but it's a very unhealthy part of ourselves. Yes. And that's a, that seems like a hard thing for Christians to not necessarily comprehend, but maybe even believe that like there is a part of ourselves, of our human nature, that is kind of fighting against our own growth. Yes. That is, oh my goodness, that's something that I've learned a lot, especially in my early 20s. Like they're just parts of, parts of you that you don't even realize, I guess. Like I... I never knew that I needed to go back and and maybe open up some parts of myself that that aren't so pretty to look at. But I never knew that I needed to do that. Like I never had someone until recently, you know, tell me that, hey, there are things from your past that are keeping you sick. And I know we don't want to go there, but you're dragging all of these things behind you and you don't even know it. Yeah, I think that's why I like that, you know, the analogy is this guy with a gun on the subway who sneaks up and takes your purse or your billfold before you even know he's there. And if you don't learn to label those things, then you are living a life day to day at the risk of those things harming you and you not even knowing that they're there. Right. Um, and I don't know why. I would actually love to talk about this here. Uh, I don't know why we in Christian circles have such a hard time with this because it seems like in the Bible it's fairly evident. You know, like Paul even talks about like, um, you know, the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things that I don't want to do, I continue to do, and I'm Mm -hmm. not really sure why. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, it seems like it's right there in the book. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You need to work these things out for yourself, you know? Well, I think sometimes as Christians, once we, you know, once we get saved, we're just like, okay, everything in the past is... Forgiven now, I'm a new creation. I don't ever have to look at that or think about it again. And I think that maybe that's not exactly what that means. Like we've just perpetuated this idea that like if it's in the past, it's not worth your time. Right. Yeah. Whenever so much of you know whether it's from your childhood or just like past things that have happened to you that have been hard or or good affect you to this day and you have to look at those things i just i kind of wish i wish that we were in a place in um in in just church history where we could be more open about that you know like that's something that i do value about vertical a lot is that you know we do the my story matters we have one coming up um two weeks from now Mm -hmm. we do you know talk in in like step two of the discipleship process is very based on this you know we try and open up avenues for people to share their experiences so that people with shared experiences can kind of start that process as well right but it doesn't seem like we're in a place where the church overall the big church in america has actually caught on to the fact that that's important yet it doesn't seem like it Um, yeah 
I, I'm curious. Where? Let's just put it down to brass tacks. Where does the man with a gun show up for you? Um. Because I need to hear that it's normal for other people too. <laughs> oh because yeah. Oh gosh. How many men are there? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Um. I have a football team of men with guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- th- we've got a whole like war going That's on right. here. Um, oh gosh, I don't, I don't even know which one to go for. I think the most prevalent one for me is just is dealing with the the negative self talk. I think mm. that it's a big is, one. Yeah, that just you don't even. I didn't even realize that it was a thing until I got into therapy and, um it was spelled out for me yeah and I was like I didn't even realize that that this is this isn't like how it's supposed to be in my head you know what I mean yeah um and so I think I struggle a lot with self-compassion or even just the balance between discipline and self-compassion whereas like what do you mean um I guess like not being so hard on myself if I um if I mess up or if I have to cancel something because I'm not doing well or something like that, the the balance between offering myself compassion but then not just, like, getting lazy, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. not lacking the accountability there. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that makes sense to me. I think I have to set up stop gaps for that in my life. But I, th- I think a huge part of that for me is, like, I've had to, once once that was spelled out for me and I realized that this is a, a really big deal in my life and it affects, it affects my view of myself, it affects my relationships, it affects everything. Yeah. Um, figuring out where that started and why that started and getting to the bottom of that because there's no way I can teach myself that I need compassion or offer myself compassion if I don't know why you're doing the things you're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of a weird way of saying like getting to know the younger younger version of yourself. I don't know. I mean, I think that there are things that we carry around from even past, you know, lives, things that happened years ago where we're not even remotely the same people that show up, you know, kind of rear their head up and, and trip you you know it's a it's a scary thing and it happens every day there's a book which it's kind of been popular with within the like therapy world it's called the body keeps the score yeah and uh, it's a it's a fantastic book and uh, like it's basically just talking about how the body holds trauma and triggers things in your brain that you don't even realize are a thing yeah and i the first time this was again like spelled out for me i was in um i was in a little therapy program one summer it was a few summers ago and we had a yoga class and it was like um it it wasn't like an intense yoga class it was very like mindful any yoga class (laughs) is an intense yoga class for me and as i was like taking the class i was like "Mm, this seems a little like woo woo for me i don't i don't really know about this And, but for some reason, when I would do, I would be doing whatever the teacher would be telling us to do, I would just start to get like these super self-destructive thoughts and like, just not very nice thoughts about myself. And so I would like brought it up to, um, 
one of the therapists and I was like I don't think yoga is for me like I'm really not enjoying this and she was like well why and Mm. I kind of told her that and she was like well it's probably because and this is part of my story I um, was on the dance team for so many years in high school and I really hated it and I did not want to be on the team Um, but she said that doing those movements and stuff like that probably just like brought that up for me and I didn't even I didn't even consider that and so it was just like crazy to think about how there's so many things in our past that can that we don't even realize are still affecting us are there places where it like clearly steals joy that's that's something that I honestly have been talking about a lot lately in that there are places where I don't feel like I allow myself to be happy. Yes. Oh, that is so real. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yes. Yeah. Or just like, that's, that's so real. Like whenever something really good is happening, it's like, well, things are, I guess that means like things are going to get bad again or like, yeah. ugh, you know, I guess yeah. I better enjoy this. I don't know. That, that is a real thing. It's a, it's a thing. You know, I was having a conversation with, um, Actually, with uh, Shelby, who was here last week, um, sometime in the recent future, and we were talking about, um, she knows we're, we're good friends um, with her and her husband, uh, Caitlin and I are, and we were talking, you know, we are talking about Tommy, they have a baby, and I love him, um, he's the best, he's, cute. he's, he's awesome, uh, he's a fun little dude, but he, we were talking about, you know, Caitlin and I don't plan on having kids, and that's something that we're pretty open about, mm-hmm. and she was asking me about that, and we were just kind of talking, and I told her that, you know, a big part of me not wanting to have kids, I know comes from my past with, um, with cancer, you mm. know, and all of that, and there's a part of me that is like, it just would not feel right to have kids knowing that there's a high probability that I could get sick again. Mm. And she said something like, to, I don't remember how she said it, but to the effect of like, is that really how you want to live, you know? Yeah. And while I still don't plan on having kids for other reasons, I just think like that is not a good reason for that, you know? Yeah. And in what other ways am I letting that affect the decisions that I'm making and not even really knowing it? Because in the back of my head, I'm thinking about this fear from the past right yeah you know um so it's a real thing and and it's sneaky man like <laughs> it, is. It, it especially like things that happen like that when you're so young and in your formative years like that's your brain is developing and it has it's like wired to think that way yeah. you know it's crazy it's it's a little scary and so we see jesus in this passage that we talk about this week you know he shares this story of this widow and this kind of like crooked judge and it's a funky story in the bible like i think i said i don't know that i had ever heard this story i don't think i had either no it's just one of those things that jesus just like said on like a tuesday but it's it's in luke right it's one of the gospels luke 18 how have we not heard it well i'm like i've read luke i know i've read the whole dang thing and i'm like i guess i just blew by that some, some weird widow whatever and i don't know yeah okay jesus okay yeah but, it's just, judge. but i really like that he says like she was well aware of her adversary mm. and because she knew who the adversary was she knew what to do about it mm. and i'm like man that is like powerful i feel like we have a lot of people walking around myself included half the time but like even spending time with young people like for our job there are a lot of people walking around who do not know what 
like what the problem is mm. and maybe they're blaming other like and it, it goes from any age group right right yeah. y- young kids blame their parents for things that aren't their parents old people blame the government or the republicans <laughs> or the democrats or like whatever you know or you know we're blaming it on our bosses we're blaming it on our spouses right. and we just i feel like a lot of the time we have not done the work to get to who actually is our adversary right what it, what is causing us to feel this way and that keeps us from looking inward too it's so much easier to to blame it on outward things instead of looking at our own ugly yeah and even if you know more often than not you get to it and it wasn't because you made a decision it was because of something that you experienced Mm -hmm. you know right um and i think that that's a lot of what jesus is saying here and so he gets to the point of persistence which is a big persistence perseverance like i'm that i wasn't lying when i said those have kind of been words for me the last year or so but persistent prayer like that is hard. Mm-hmm. That's just hard for me. Like, I don't know why I'm not. It's weird. First off, it's weird to talk on a stage about something you're not good at. <laughs> That's a strange feeling. And to tell people you're not good at it kind of sucks. <laughs> well, I don't think you are alone in the room. I yeah. think, you know, especially this might be kind of cliche, but as someone who's like served on church for a long time or, or now someone who works at a church, but even just other people feel this too. Like, you can get so caught up in just doing that you're not even like thinking about the relationship with God or spending time with God. Yeah. And and in your head, you're not thinking of it like that way. You know, you're doing for God. And so that feels it's, it's fine. It's not even so much as in that, like, I do not pray. But it is like, I don't know. I heard and we talked about this a few weeks ago in another talk that I gave in Humble Beginnings. But like. I used a quote by somebody and he gave them the advice like, Hey, you need to learn to pray. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> like, that kind of stung a little bit. And I was like, it doesn't seem like something you should have to learn to do. And in it's most basic sense. I think it is very simple, but it's kind of, I've been thinking about it. Like it's kind of like communication with my wife, you know, hmm. I've known my wife for 10 plus years and yes, it was very easy for me to talk to her at the beginning because you know what? She was kind of cute and oh, it's and fun to so talk to cute girls. girls. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> the level at which we are able to communicate now mm-hmm. is a thousand times more mature. Yeah. Because you have time built into it and you've practiced it. And I realized that like, I don't know that I've been practicing the way that I talk to God. Mm-hmm. I think I'm kind of still on a very base level of it, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, 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 that makes sense. I guess, like, for people who, like us, who do struggle with, I guess, the the discipline of prayer, how do we, how do we start, I guess, practicing, or how do we start, you know, that discipline? Yeah. I like the, uh, I had somebody message me this morning about that kind of first practical point, right? I gave two at the end of the talk. Mm. And it was that first one was that like we're going to stop letting other people gut out our growth. Yeah. You know, like stop being so codependent on people for your spiritual growth. And that that's so that is such a good point. Like it's so pertinent, especially when we're in the middle of a lead pastor pastor. transition. Yes. You know, it's a. Man, it's so evident in some places. Yeah. Like, there has been, not that that was anybody on staff's fault, 
but I mean, we hear things. We get emails. We talk to people who go to church here and love Vertical Church, and it's very evident when people are basing their whole spiritual lives off of some guy on a stage. Mm -hmm. And that is like, as a guy on the stage, that is so scary. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, goodness. I don't have anything figured out. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, anyway. Yeah, it's just, we, it's, they're, Words. <laughs> words you can't you can't base your faith off a person that's just not that is not consistent um a person will always let you down and i mean that's that's it's hard especially just in the like christian community whenever you see things come out about pastors or things yeah. like that and so sad and it's disappointing, and you see people leave the faith because of it. But it's almost inevitable because they're people. Right. You know, like, that's something that Caitlin and I have told each other for as long as we've been together is that, like, you need people besides me because I am not ever going to be everything that you need. Yes. Like, it's not ever going to happen. And I feel like we kind of have to tell people that about their pastors, about mm. their politicians, about their whatever, you know? Yes. like. There, ha you have to have a spiritual leg to stand on that is your own. Yes, and that's tough. Oh, for sure. Especially like I, I remember going to college, and um, I don't know, just hearing other people, I guess, debate is a is a oh, you went to a Christian to, college? Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's a kind way to put it. Debate certain, I guess, controversial things in the Bible. And I was just like, oh my goodness, I don't even know what I believe because I have just heard this this one way my whole life and my parents said this and like, yeah. I don't know, challenging yourself to figure out, I guess, what you actually believe. For me, it was the flip side. You know, I was very willing to jump into like, I don't know, seminary scrimmage or whatever where we just talk about theological stuff. <laughs> And try and prove that you're smarter. And here I am as, like, almost a 30-year-old guy saying, like, no, I need to figure out how to pray. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's <laughs> it's the little things. Right. You know, right. that really affect you. And uh, anyway, we're working. Yeah. We're working to try and figure it out. Mm -hmm. So it's good. Yeah. It'll be good. I'm excited for this upcoming Sunday. We've got our... Um, Lead pastor candidate. Yeah, we're it's. I'm very excited. You think people throw fruit if he's bad? <laughs> throw fruit. Or uh, what do you throw if it's bad? I thought you. You throw like uh, tomatoes and bananas oh. and uh, do you ever, soft fruit. Do you bring those to like comedy shows or something in case they? Well, flop? I don't know that Nate himself is a comedian by trade. Uh, or any. I'm trying to think of oh. something else that people would speak at yeah. that you would go to. <laughs> you know, I talked with him this morning. I think he's going to do just fine. I think okay. he's going to be so just So you can fine. keep your fruit yeah. <laughs> at home. You leave your fruit. Yeah. Eat you your fruit. Bring your roses. You can throw some roses on stage. <laughs> we need to get out of this segment. Okay. I'm excited for this next week. It's going to be good. And we have My Story Matters after that. And it is going to be good. Yes. I'm stoked for that. We recorded yes. that two weeks ago, and it's uh, it's gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ah, uh, ooh ah. Shark bait, ooh ha ha. That's our new thing. The people who didn't listen to our first podcast back, they're so lost. So ah, ooh ah reminds me of what? How do they do it? Um, ha, hoo, wa, he. Oh, uh, shark bait, ah, ooh, ooh ha ha. ha. Ah, ho, ho, ho. From Finding Nemo. That's we, we should watch that. 
That's a great the the score on that. So it, oh good. Oh my goodness! Is that will, Pixar or is that Disney? I think it's um, Pixar, right? It was. It's Pixar, but Disney owns Pixar well, now. Yeah, but okay. The one it, there's levels to this. Right, you have like your more recent Toy Story. Pixar is the top, you know. So okay, yeah. all right. So <laughs> we're gonna have a movie night. We'll watch Finding Nemo. Okay, well, we can review. Yeah, we can. We'll give you reviews <laughs> on <laughs> the critically acclaimed movie. What <laughs> is our ask us anything question? Okay, um, is there a documentary? Or book that has had a significant impact on the way you think oh, about something. I love both documentaries and books. Oh, we know. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm such how a many nerd. How many books do you think you read a year? Uh, I don't know. Not as much as my wife. Man, I got to the end of the year this uh, this past year in 2022, and I was like, Caitlin, how many books did you read this year? And she was like, f- she said something like 57. Jeez. And I was like. <laughs> what? That's more than a book a week. I know. That's crazy. She's so cool. Anyway. <laughs> Are you like a multiple book reader at the same time? I'm not great at that. I'm not I have a little too much ADD for that. I don't have ADD, but I just can't focus that well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe if I had a friend sneak me some Riddlin, I could do more than one oh, at a time. Maybe we can make that happen. That okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do love to read. <laughs> Okay, so what is a what is a book? Okay, so are we? I have a book, (laughs) and I actually have a documentary. Okay, I could do both. You have one of each. Yeah. Okay, I'll do my book first. Okay. This is super easy. The Bible. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my Uh, goodness. (laughs) Wow. If there is one book that has like, I talk about this book so much, but if there is one book that has changed my life more than any other book other than scripture. It is definitely Mastery by Robert Greene. Oh, I could have guessed. I talk about that book more than anything else, but I love it. I I read it at least once a year. Okay, I know you love this book because you always talk about it, but what is it even about? So Robert Greene, who you should be reading anyway, he wrote lots of uh, really, really great books. 48 Laws of Power is one. Um it's is he a Christian or is he just? He is not. not okay. No, he's not. I he's was just a, curious. He's a secular author. Although he's I can't believe you would read secular authors. I That's know. not I'm very going straight pastor. to hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is. He uh, he writes books that are kind of um, leadership bent, but also just kind of figuring out what your who you are. It's a little bit of a, a self actualization thing and so mastery itself is my favorite of his books because it's essentially here are six ways to become a master of anything and Mm -hmm. i love that it's very open-ended it could be a master of leading you know this huge company or it could be a master of learning to weld you know Mm -hmm. it's something very practical and so each of the six chapters which are like so stupid long like the book itself is like 400 something pages and it's like there's six chapters to this thing oh wow uh it's, it's you ridiculous can't just like read a chapter no. at night. <laughs> but it's it's about hey this is how you it's where i got that term life's task this is how you figure out what your purpose or your life's task is and here are the means by which you can achieve that and so mm-hmm. it goes from you know, apprenticeship into mentorship into practicing this for yourself and then eventually to the point where you are perfecting and mastering this thing and then finally you are mentoring somebody else. So does he have like a secret like 
this is how you do it? Well, or is it just like very? This is gonna make me sound so nerdy. <laughs> the secret is that he points it back to history, and so for each of these six principles, he gives several historical examples for why this works this way, hmm. and so. And then there's a reversal at the end, so it may be like the apprenticeship chapter, and it's like, well, the reversal is, I don't know, I'm shooting from the hip, but like Napoleon, because he didn't have a mentor, and blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. it's like this whole thing, and so the, it's so good. That's interesting. It is. It, I read it once a year, and like my paper copy is <laughs> falling apart. I should read it. I've never read it. I will buy it for you. <laughs> okay. I'll buy it for you right now. You're just going to be throwing copies off the stage. I, I literally, like, if anybody was like, what book should I would give them a copy of it. It's so, it really, I, you know, you ask if he's a Christian guy and he's not. But I do think this principle of understanding your life's task goes so well with what the Christ follower is trying to do. Because we know that God has given each of us gifts mm. to do something. We have a purpose. The Bible is very clear about that. So I think it goes hand in hand beautifully. Yeah. That's really good. I'm going to stop talking about it. <laughs> He's got the biggest smile on his face. My He's wife is rolling her eyes so, so hard listening to this. Like, would you shut up about Robert Green? He's yeah. actually like the leader of the fan club. I am. Yeah, I have his poster. And <laughs> okay, what about know. a documentary? No, I want to hear your book and then my I'll book. My okay, well, since I'm holier than you, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mine is by the famous C.S. Lewis. Um, oh, the Screw Tape Letters. So good. Yeah, I read that in. Kind of scary. Yeah, so it good. is. I, you know, I kind of read that around the same time that I was talking about earlier, like when I was trying to figure out what in the world. A uh, rehab. I believe. No, <laughs> what in the world <laughs> I believe. And I don't know. It just like painted Christianity in such a I don't in such a different way. Like it just shows you how sin can end up in your faith and you don't even know it so backstory for screw tape letters for those that don't know uh, is written by c.s lewis and essentially um the idea is that it is written from a um from like one demon to another demon who has been tasked with afflicting this guy who's trying to follow jesus well which sounds really weird it sounds so out of whack but I when know. you read it it is like it goes so well with that guy with the gun idea it actually does <laughs> it's like there is yeah there's a part about. of yourself that wants you to be defeated essentially yes oh my goodness i remember there was like a part in it where it's like um, well, if he prays, then make him pray selfishly, like, oh, yeah, and oh my goodness, just things like that. I'm like, I don't even know, but it's also kind of freeing, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not crazy, <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, for sure. It just like, yeah, I don't know, it really, I don't know if it was like a good thing or a bad thing, but it definitely made me makes you think, yeah, for yeah. sure. That's a good one. Yeah. Not as good as Mastery, but it's pretty good. <laughs> All right. So okay, documentary. Documentary. This one's going to be. look up what mine's called. I can't remember. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Is it that one on Britney Spears? <laughs> Is there one on Britney Spears? Uh, I don't know. No. So the documentary that came to mind. for uh, First of all, I love documentaries. I'm, I'm such a nerd. But the one that came to mind for me that has had a significant impact on my life. Oh, goodness. Is a little documentary called Blackfish. 
And it was on Netflix. I need, First, we just need to say, I grew up as a child that didn't go to Disney World, unlike you. We, we, <laughs> Thanks, Mom and Dad. We went to uh, SeaWorld. Sea yeah. In San Antonio. Uh, well, maybe. It's in San Antonio. There's also one in Orlando. Oh, there is. Yeah. So I forgot. I remember when, I think it's Orlando. There's one in Florida. I remember when the big whale killed the lady. Oh. You know? What was its name? Um, I can't believe that. Shark bait ooh-ha-ha. <laughs> I remember when it happened. I remember thinking, that's horrible, because I've seen that whale, and she does great flips, or Free whatever. Free Willy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> with, the, with the fin. Free Willy. A great movie. Free Britney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How did you manage to merge that? I don't even... <laughs> anyway, Gosh. so... Blackfish is a documentary on Netflix, and it's all about SeaWorld and the way they handle their animals. And I am not like a, you know, I cry to the PETA commercial guy. I am not that guy. I hunt. Like, I'm, yeah, no, right. I watched this documentary called Blackfish, and I was like, definitive, like, we're never anti we're, SeaWorld. We're never going to SeaWorld again. Shampoo. That's his name. Shampoo. Right? Shampoo. And <laughs> if we had children, they will not go to SeaWorld. Like Ugh. I I just it it scarred me so much <laughs> that I wanted to like go to SeaWorld and free these animals into the ocean. <laughs> into the ocean where they would die. <laughs> it, it, it makes no sense. But I, I remember watching this and thinking like I shouldn't be this upset over fish. <laughs> but I was. Uh, that's literally what they do in Free Willy, right? They they release him into the ocean. He, he jumps over the little... Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Is that the plot of Free Willy? I don't yeah, remember Yeah, they find him... I, I don't even... That's a real 90s reference. That's like... Uh, that's like uh, Home Alone. Or yeah. Or, you know what Home Alone was called in South America? What? They Forgot Me. <laughs> I think that's more accurate of a like. Ooh, I'm just home alone. Anyway, that's another good documentary. Uh, It's really funny that you said Blackfish because mine is actually not too far off. Oh, go. It's um, I had to look it up because I remember it had some weird name, but it's a Netflix. I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix documentary. It came out maybe two years ago. Mm. It's called Sea Spiracy. And I'm pretty sure you've seen it. I'm pretty sure we've talked about it. Sea Spiracy. I don't remember that one. I know. Why couldn't they have called it Conspiracy? See, yeah, that would have been that, that would have worked. So wait, what's the idea? It's basically talking about should we eat fish right now? <laughs> I feel like we're both. No, that's actually what this um, documentary is oh. telling you to do, to do the opposite. It's talking about the main thing that's killing our oceans. Oh and, my gosh! And is that we're eating fish? It's just the like fishing industry, and it's. I did watch this. It's talking about how like. Basically, whenever, they're just annihilating all of the population. Yeah, w- like whenever they like scoop up all the fish in the big net, like you see in Finding Nemo, uh, the all of the other species that you're getting in there that yeah. that you don't really hear about. That's killing the ecosystem. It's actually about way more than just that, but that was the part that I was like, whoa. You know who did a really good uh, job with this? Talk about Netflix documentaries. Was Zac Efron had a series on this, <laughs> and it was so good. Where it like, is, like the, it was on the like series. saving the coral reef. Oh. Can we just save our seas? That's what this whole podcast <laughs> is actually. It's so just weird. Just let that the w- animals be. How did this? How did become? we end up here? <laughs> Save the seas. This is ridiculous. All right. <laughs> this is this recommend. Is not good. <laughs> recommends, recommends, ooh.
recommend. Recommend. Can you tell it's a different day? <laughs> Shh, they don't have to know that. We just broke a wall. The truth is, I we recorded a recommend yesterday, but but we re we recommended something that we actually don't stand as a church. No, 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 no. I recorded my audio twice instead of mine and Austin's. I wasn't gonna call you out publicly. So just, I'm calling myself out. Okay. We all make mistakes, Avery, you know. You're important. And you're good at your job. Thank you for yeah. the affirmation. All right, so we're recommending. Um, hang on, let me remember what I recommended. I remember what it was. Give me a hint. Oh, wait, no, just mouth it to me so they can't tell. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Do you really not remember? <laughs> no, I don't. Okay, well, I will recommend it. Okay, wait, but it was my recommend. Are you it's, something, my... it's something you're doing this week. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> so here's what I want to recommend both yesterday and today. <laughs> I want to recommend that you treat yourself, uh, fellow listeners. I, I think that you should treat yourself to a weekend trip. Now, not a vacation yet. It's only February. You haven't earned that, okay? Oh. You don't get a vacation yet. But you have been working really hard, okay? You've been the only one teaching at the church, and you deserve... <laughs> oh, <laughs> now it sounds like you're projecting... Yeah. You deserve a weekend trip. And I, like you said, I'm taking a weekend trip uh, mm -hmm. this weekend. Now, I have to work on Sundays, so I'm leaving on Thursday mm -hmm. and kind of making it a long weekend. But I am going with the boys. We're going mountain biking, and I don't know. We're going to do guy stuff. We're going to eat steaks and things. I don't know. Whatever dude to do. Um, but let me what's your favorite, like, what's an ideal weekend trip for you? Yeah, so a weekend trip, there's only so far you can go. Yeah, you have a, like a radius. Radius, because yeah. you don't want to spend like two of your weekend days driving nine or ten hours. You want to get up right? early, you want to drive, you want to be able to enjoy some of the day. Yeah, or some of the day yeah. there. So usually I don't want to drive more than like five hours. Um, yeah. If it's any longer than that, then I feel like I'm kind so, of wasting my day so some ingredients to a good weekend trip okay? yeah you need an activity right so you like, need good food you need good food you need good coffee good coffee um you need good friends <laughs> family, a significant a, a other significant yeah a romantic interest <laughs> and a good place to stay yeah yeah we yeah we actually said that yesterday but it's still important I think that, like, for a weekend trip, like, you don't really necessarily need to worry as much about bang for your buck as, like, you only have so many days, so you really need to enjoy where you're staying. Yes. It needs to be a really good uh, Airbnb, Verbo, like, somewhere where you're like, oh, I'm excited to spend my weekend here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What's a good, what's an amenity you look for in an Airbnb? Um, a king-size bed. Yeah. Which I guess is a low, I don't know. You can find that in a hotel room. I, I do have something I look for. But I don't have a king-size bed at home. So that's like oh. a novelty. Oh, I have. We have a king-size <laughs> bed and I wouldn't be able to sleep yeah. without it. Yeah. You know what I look for in Airbnb? What? A vacuum. A vacuum. <laughs> I want to be able to clean if I need what? to. What about a kitchen? Uh, do you cook at your Airbnb? I like to. So like this weekend, we're going to be there for two nights. I think Thursday two, night, Friday night, and then we're yeah. driving back Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So uh, here's my plan for that. 
I do want to cook one night, so I think we'll probably go get steaks. I'll do them on the grill because, like, that's, that's something I enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll let one of them do that. And Grilling I'll do with sides. the guys. Yeah, you know, real man stuff. <laughs> but then also, so, like, I'll do that one night, but the other night I want to find, like, the spot. Like, mm. this is the place we need to go for dinner this night, and it's, like, an occasion, you know? Is it, like, a hole-in-the-wall in place, or is it, like... You have to get reservations two weeks in advance I kinda, kind of place. I ask for recommends usually, mm. you know? So, like, uh, recommends. Recommends. <laughs> recommends, recommends. Yeah. I'll ask for recommends. So, like, a few weeks ago, I was having lunch with the one and only Mike Self. Shout out. Uh, shout out to Mike Self always on these podcasts. And he was like, dude, while you're over there, you need to eat here. And so I was like, done, book it. That's what we're doing. Like, we're eating there that night. So where is it? I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> it's in it, Birmingham. It's in my calendar. Okay. But I don't remember the name of the place. Uh, he was like, hey, they've got a great pork chop. And I was like, <laughs> done. Sounds good. <laughs> That's Let's... all I need. Okay. What about you? What are you trying to, are you more of like a, I want to eat the local, like whatever the local thing is there? Or are you looking for? I kind of let my husband oh, you're pick that out. Wife. <laughs> no, that's just more. I pick out the coffee. Because I care way more about good coffee than he does. And he cares more about Way more about good food. food than, and I can I appreciate good food. Like, I don't want to go eat at, I don't know, an Arby's. Waffle House, or, I will punch no, you No, like, I don't, I'm not going to go get dinner at, like, an Arby's or yeah. something. Like, right, yeah. You know what I mean? You want to eat somewhere that's a... When you go back to, like, to a place... Like, a great weekend trip spot is, like, Chattanooga. It's not that mm-hmm. far away. Yeah. Right? Been to Chattanooga a few times. If you've been there before, do you go back to the spot that you know you love, or do you try somewhere new? Um, I I think we go to our the spot that we liked the best last time, and then there's room for new spots because you're there for however many days, like for lunch or for for dinner. That's like an opportunity to. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think it's it's a mix, yeah. But I don't go to all the same spots that we went to the time before. Okay. We just go to our favorite. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a barbecue place mm-hmm. in Chattanooga the, that we really liked. The best one, you go back there. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. So, weekend trips, you deserve it. Mm-hmm. You should take your time and do that. Use those days. You're not getting them back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's just something that we're recommending this week. So. Yeah. Did we do it? We did it. We're, we have a whole podcast. Yeah, I think I think we, we recorded it correctly. We need a sign-off. <laughs> slogan or like phrase um live vertical <laughs> live free live free live right live vertical all right well we'll workshop that yeah. and we'll see you next week i didn't like that one it was bad bye bye, bye.